So imagine walking out your front door in the morning. It's dark outside. And you feel the spider web on your head. You're like, oh, how'd that get on the front of my door? Ew. And you get it all off. You're like, oh, all right, well, whoo. That's over. And then you're driving in your neighborhood and you're about two minutes later and you just feel that little tickle on your neck. Just had a little bit, a little tickle on your neck. And you look it up in the, uh, you, you get your phone light, you look up at the, at the rear view mirror like, what is that? And there's the spider just all over your neck. And you're driving. That was me this morning. You know, and most people would freak. I, look, I did. I didn't freak out, but I was like, "Ooh, okay, I got one shot to kill him, and if I miss, he'll he might actually bite me." I got him, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> you always uh, hear people talk about what they would do if they looked down, if they were like on the interstate and they looked down, there was just like a spider on their leg. Like, what would they like? Hey, what what would they do? And I feel like most people with most sort of spills or happenings in the, in a car. Um, could keep their cool and not like throw the thing into a ditch I think spiders are one of those rare exceptions where you would just go oh no 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 or just scream and you just swat the thing with no regard for where your hand and the steering wheel is or you know whatever else uh it's gross hi it's the uh, Hoopercast Untitled Mini Show this morning it's I Connor it's Friday hopefully there's no spiders on your face today um Yeah, and if there is, maybe you're not driving, or you don't know it. They say you eat, like, a bunch of them in your sleep every night, or every year. Um, (laughs) Am I making you feel comfortable today? Do you feel all right about your relationship with spiders? One, you know what, one more quick thing about spiders, there was an article, like, two or three months ago, and (laughs) the title was, the title was, uh, there's, like, a, someone like did a study or I don't know how they studied it or they did numbers or something. The title was if spiders all worked together, they could eat all humans. (laughs) Now, of course, spiders can't work together. They're not that smart. They don't have, they don't have a concept of the global population or whatever. They're just instinct hunting, survival, reproduction, all the fun stuff. But if they like, if, okay, hold on, we're deep diving here. Deep Blue Sea, okay? Great movie. (laughs) Uh, A bad movie that's a great movie. And the premise of Deep Blue Sea was... Sharks... We did experiments on sharks to try and cure Alzheimer's, so we gave them drugs to increase their brain mass, and then a side effect is, of course, that they're smarter. And the sharks actually are smart enough to do a bunch of things that regular sharks can't do so it was basically like how do we make sharks scarier oh well let's make them smarter i mean what's the what's the biggest problem with any like wilderness or animal survival tale the animal is stupid that's like the only reason the human survives is the animal is dumber than than we are there's a lot of animals that are really smart very smart but not smart enough to like have seen horror films and so they know where we're going to hide or they know when to pretend to be gone and when to pop back up you know they don't know that they just know they're hungry like animals especially going after human you know quote unquote prey are not that subtle um so that's how you you know but imagine if animals were as smart as us 
Well, then they would just know all the stuff we know, and they're bigger and stronger. <laughs> like, imagine a shark. It knows everything you know. It's just bigger and stronger. It knows that if it just stays beneath the surface, right off the right off the shore, we we don't see it, and then it can attack us. Like it knows exactly when we think there's no sharks, whereas a regular shark doesn't know what our expectations are, or a bear. A bear doesn't know. Okay, if I just like you know walk really still or whatever, you know snakes. Hey, you know they're not expecting to be bitten in their cars. <gasps> Seriously, check your cars for animals before you start to drive. There might be. Keep your windows up at night. Keep your doors shut. Some of you with older vehicles, watch out for those snakes that, that hibernate, like in in your like under the hood. You don't want to be one of those people who are just it just pops out of the air vent. <laughs> I'm giving you all nightmares. Um, all right. I don't have a lot of time this morning. I'm in a corner here with my uh, with my with my time window, but I wanted to bring up this article. That I referenced yesterday on the on the morning mini show, and this is related. This is sort of part two of the whole the hunt discussion. So yesterday I talked about how Universal finally canceled the theatrical release of the Hunt due to the uh, mass shootings in El Paso and, and Dayton, Ohio, uh, and how they they decided allegedly along with the filmmakers that it's not the right time to release the film. And my argument was basically, well, there's never really a right time. Um, there's never a perfect time geopolitically to, to, to release a controversial film. Because if things had been peaceful and there had been no mass shootings for two years, you know, we'd still be talking and you'd still have pundits talking about the movie because it would stir up feelings about mass shootings. So my contention is that, yeah, there was recently mass shootings, but... One, the film doesn't release. It wasn't going to release for another five weeks. I think it would have died down quite a bit on the emotional end. But two, like it would have been at the same level as it would have been of two years of no violence. It's still just it would remind people of it. So you know, we're way we're way too far down the river to 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 release a film like that without any social repercussions. Um, and Universal should have known that. And um, you know, so there's that. Um, this is not the first time this has happened. And uh, I think anyone with common sense could probably iterate, you know, figure it, figure that out. Um, I'm sure a lot of people remember the time around 9-11 where you had a bunch of studios and companies who had to either, change, either cancel their film's releases... Uh, do some reshoots, change the marketing, and now something that's not in this article. The, the first, the, remember, I remember the first thing I was aware of that changed in the wake of 9/11 was there was a Spider-Man when Spider-Man, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, came out in 2002, um, and one of the early promos for it had these guys. You can actually it resurfaced online recently because somebody remastered it, um, but it was these bank robbers and they rob a bank and they get a helicopter and they're flying through New York City. They're getting out of there, <laughs> they're counting their money. And then Spider-Man webs up the helicopter, he pulls it, and he, he kind of webs them in between the World Trade Center towers. And that was like, that was a way to sort of go like, all right, coming, you know, next summer, you know, we made a, you know, Spider-Man, New York, you know, we made we made this film. Um, 
because you know to pick an iconic New York landscape to to do that. And so of course between the time that thing was shot or released, um, excuse me. By the time uh, you know between in between that and the film's release, nine eleven happened, and not only are those towers physically not there, but it's associated with a terrible body count and loss of human life, loss of American life. So you can't have any shot at all. I mean, I'm thinking post, they had to paint out, you know, um, images of, of the World Trade Center because it would just remind people, oh God, this was shot recently enough to where there were still twin towers up there. Holy shit, you know. It's upsetting. So I definitely get that. Um, here's a few more films that sort of ran in the same vein. Um, so of course there's the hunt, uh, one year later after Spider-Man was phone booth from 2003 starring Colin Farrell. I actually really love this film. I probably love it more than it deserves my love, but, um, I'm, I'm, I love Colin Farrell and, uh, it was, it was, it was a pretty, I like this movie, uh, set, um, to be released in November of 2002, um, but this was when the Washington, D.C. Beltway sniper attacks occurred in October. He got 10 people killed. Um, and it says, given the film's premise, a, a publicist is tormented by an unseen sniper through phone calls. Uh, the distributor delayed the release until the following April. Probably a good choice, I guess. Again, like, there's never a good time. I don't know what people thought in April. Did they forget about the the D.C. sniper? Because we're still talking about him today. So... Did it did it affect the release? Even still? Here's one I definitely remember from 2012, The Watch. Uh, originally called Neighborhood Watch, this alien invasion comedy was retitled in the wake of, the, of Trayvon Martin's shooting by a Neighborhood Watch member. Distributor 20th Century Fox also refocused the film's marketing campaign to highlight the plot's sci-fi elements. Yeah, the early marketing for Neighborhood Watch was just, oh, we're going to join the Neighborhood Watch, we're going to start the Neighborhood Watch and some hijinks. And it wasn't until... There was some suggestion of something else going on, but it wasn't until they had to change the name and refocus the plot and just assure people this is not about stopping crimes or shooting black people. Um, it's not about these these things that are remotely associated to Trayvon Martin. It is uh, this film. Like we're gonna go ahead and reveal to you guys that this film is about an alien invasion. <laughs> um, so it sort of maybe gave away a little bit of like the surprise of the premise or, you know, maybe the film would have had a more impactful theatrical run if it had been like a gigantic surprise that aliens were involved. Like, oh my God, you guys see it. There's a big plot twist or, you know, the end of first act establishment or whatever it is. Um, there's Bastille Day from 2016. This is a, this is a British film. Um, after having the release delayed in the wake of two, November 2015's terrorist attacks in Paris, this action film starring Richard Madden and Idris Elba was pulled from French theaters in July 2016 following another attack in Nice on Bastille Day. That would have been bad. Uh, an oldie here, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb from 1964. Um, Cold War satire. It gleefully, this says, courted controversy with its pitch black comedic take on nuclear war, but it was John F. Kennedy's assassination that prompted changes. The film's release was postponed, and one joke, 
uh, quote, a fellow could have a pretty good weekend in Dallas with all that stuff, was redubbed for obvious reasons. A climactic pie fight um, featuring the would-have-been cringeworthy line, our gallant young president has been struck down in his prime, was also cut, though that may have had less to do with JFK. Apparently Kubrick just didn't think that fit the tone of the scene. But uh, yeah, that's some kind of crazy stuff. Um, a film called O from 2001, directed by Tim Blake Nelson. Interesting. It is an adaptation of Othello, um, which trans. This is sort of in the era where they were making a lot of like Shakespearean movies adapted to high school, like Ten Things I Hate About You from uh, like 98, 99. Um, uh, um, oh God, what's the other one? Um, oh, I don't remember the other one. I was thinking about it recently. Um, anyway, this was that area where they were doing that. So this was one of them, I guess, the studio was going to release. But it was, you know, it had it featured some kind of violent stuff around a high school, and it was supposed to be released in April 99, and they shelved it for an entire two years because Columbine happened, and it was so bad that they said, nope, okay. Never mind, we're going to make this way. And they shelve movies all the time, but not not usually for those kind of reasons. But uh, two years. Some of these delays are like five months. Two years. Yeah. And the distributor Miramax ultimately sold the rights to Lionsgate, so they didn't even, like, stick with it. Uh, Gangster Squad 2013. Um, this was after the 2012 shootings in Aurora, Colorado, the Dark Knight Rises uh, shootings. Um, they reworked, they had to do a bunch of reshoots on the movie because there's a big scene where the gangsters shoot a bunch of people in a movie theater through the screen. So obviously after somebody basically did that in real life, you can't have a scene like that in your film. I actually understand that one a lot. I mean, that's more like, okay, yeah, there's, that's, again, it's already a controversial thing. If there hadn't been a movie theater shooting you'd still be talking about how unsettling and disturbing that scene is. And maybe it's supposed to be effective that way, but then it's too real when it happens. But then again, if it had happened, if James, what's his face had, uh, I don't even want to say his name. If, if the guy had shot at the theater after seeing Gangster Squad, you would have had a whole bunch of people saying, well, you see, these movies are inspiring domestic terrorism. We can't, and then trying to censor what's in films. So I, I do think that some of these more controversial ones, whereas like Phone Booth and Bastille Day and other stuff like that, that's just plot. It's just the plot of a bad person. So they're going to do bad things. And it's just at a bad time where somebody actually did those things, as opposed to this, which was like, yeah, it's bad people doing bad things, but that scene itself is already unsettling, especially when you're going to watch the film in a movie theater. It'd feel creepy. There's Gone Baby Gone, which um, was the release was delayed in the UK because there was a really famous disappearance case of Madeline McCann. Um, and so they, they postponed the release almost six months because that film's all about a kidnapping. Uh, Death Wish 2018, Bruce Willis, they delayed that, uh, from November into, um, into March 2018 because of the Las Vegas shooting. Um, and it actually hit theaters in March 2018, 
less than three weeks after the Parkland High School shooting. And then, of course, the big one here, in my, uh, the last one I'll talk about, is the interview, 2014, Seth Rogen and James Franco. Um, the interview starred the pair as a duo of journalists roped into a plan to assassinate Kim Jong-un at the center of the devastating Sony hack in November 2014, for which North Korea was deemed responsible. The hackers demanded the studio not release the film and threatened to attack screenings. Ultimately, many theater chains said they would not show the film, and Sony released it mostly through digital platforms. I think I watched it on Netflix, um, and that's how they kind of chose to release it. Um, Yeah, there's a bunch of movies after 9-11, like View from the Top, Big Trouble, and Collateral Damage that had to get delayed or reworked. Collateral Damage um, had was centered on a terrorist plot, so they just delayed it, and they cut a scene in the movie where apparently Sofia Vergara hijacked a plane. Um, the movie Big Trouble, it's a Tim Allen comedy, it, uh, in which a nuclear bomb smuggled onto an airplane is a prominent plot point, delayed until April, and View from the Top, starring Gwyneth Paltrow as an aspiring flight attendant, didn't hit theaters until March 2013. All three still were box office flops. So that's, that's kind of like what I'm saying. Even if you delay it, the sentiment is still there. The event has still happened. So what can you do? It's just bad timing. You may as well just release the film because I feel like delaying it, does that cost more money? And it doesn't make you look like a hero, Studios. It just makes you look like you're in denial about, oh, the timing sucks. Let's run from, let's run away from this. Guess what? You're still, as Wesley Snipes likes to say, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> um, no matter what you're going to do, you're still sliding in that direction. So you may as well just turn, face downhill, dive in head first, and get punched in the face. Um, that's it for the daily show. Hoopercast movie hour very soon might drop in about an hour. So, uh, enjoy that. Have a good weekend. See you later.